Listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Jennifer Stone and Stone's Throw. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school, get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up in darkness from the ones who walk in light light them up boys there's your picture drop the shadows out of sight this is Jennifer Stone, with a reading from my memoir, Telegraph Avenue, then first published, oh, long ago in 1977. On the way home from work this evening, I walked down to the beach to watch the sun go down. I tried to count the men I have known, really known and liked or even loved, but didn't work for or sleep with. There's my father, long dead, my brother, long dying, one childhood soulmate lost at puberty, and one more. I can remember 39 lovers and 13 bosses. Winter Solstice 1971. I went out with this Tibetan New Age vegetarian who hung his dirty shirts all over his living room. He told me that whatever is, is to be adored. But I didn't. April 1972. Ah, the empty chair, the silent morning, the serene sheets. At last, they comfort me. It all belongs to me now. I know there is more to understand, but I've come this far. This is enough. Is wisdom more than love? What do men do when gods die? Grow up, I guess. Come out of their caves and pull themselves together. <laughs> Life Without illusion, they say it's good for you. 
brave new world without dependency, without the significant other what Virginia Woolf called the arm to lean on. I must believe the thing will get better. The people will grow beautiful and wise. What in hell am I saying? Nothing changes right about love. Say what I know. What I know. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. The furniture, the furniture of home. Skins of woolly mammoths, faint flickering fire. The smoke and the stench numb the sense. Stones, tools, and the paintings of the great beasts breathing from the walls and from the ceiling. Steam from the pot boiling on the stone. Sea creatures boiling in their shells. Abalone bowls in the hands of children. All of us. Waiting for his shadow to return. It's July 1972, yesterday wasted. All the space taken up by my reactions to Anne. <sighs> Anne. Her father married my sister. A few years ago, she has discovered me, chosen me as her mentor, fled her suburban existence for life in the fast lane. She's dropped out of college and flopped down on my sofa. <laughs> I am overcome by her thoughtlessness, my vision of my own higher sensitivity, heightened awareness, transcended consciousness, la-di-da. I'm high-strung. My nervous system is frail, a thin epidermal wall, raw ganglia wince and jerk with any psychic vibration. The existence of others plagues me. I resent them. Oh, Anne. Anne, my energy is dissipated in irritation. She's trying to find herself. Waking. Ah, trouble. Always asking. Cigarettes, Tampax, Kleenex, toothbrush, toothpaste, phone calls, food and water for her dog... Errands without end fetch and do for her and on and on to anger and guilt for not telling her to take care of herself because even that, even telling her to shape up or ship out is more effort than I want to make. I'm a coward when it comes to confrontation. Anne reads me letters from her mother. She spins her wheels endlessly, about why others are so unfair to her. 
I talk and talk, try to explain the world. I pontificate, waste hours saying how things should be. I use poetry, impress her. I burn with wisdom. I challenge her not to neglect her royal romance with individuality. Of course, I'm talking about myself. (laughs) Individuality and independence, which would lift her into pride, into the vanity of capacity, holding on, taking up her love in her arms, carrying it into the valley where she was born, finding the primal source and the vision sought all completely, only to be left once more on the sand beside the forest sea as one life ends and the next begins. Parentheses, I found the two years before she jumped off a building trying to kill herself. She can walk again now, but spends most of institutions. Why didn't I tell her what I really felt? Maybe, maybe it didn't matter. She wasn't much for reality, I see that now, but... All that ephemeral junk. I might as well have told her virtue is his own reward. I'm not saying I could have helped, only I might have talked to her once instead of to myself. Still summer, summer 1972. Phrases from Emily Dickinson, right. I started early, took my dog, and visited the sea. The mermaids in the basement came out to look at me. (laughs) Hmm, tremendousino. With Greta. And her dog. Greta and I, we've shared the same wine ever since we were sent to the dean's office together for sharing the same man one night at a campus lawn party. On our way, driving up the coast, we stop in the pygmy forest. Buds, I hadn't expected so late. Involutional nostalgia for this place where I've never been. I missed it so. It is my childhood in Maine, which I never had. A dream of a place I wanted to find back then when I began to look. The old inn here is the place where I met my lover once and We were together in a way he will not, of course, remember. The innkeeper says, 
No dogs. Greta is furious at this injustice. I follow her to the beach while she rages. We watch the sunset. Her outrage over the rejection of her dog is just a cover. She is really here to weep over a married man. I figure it is my job to listen. After all, she drove. Oh, he doesn't know me from Eve, she fumes. And he's getting old. He's got hardening of the categories. He calls me his mistress. He thinks I'm the deepest broad he's ever met. She begins to giggle as we get to the bottom of the bottle of wine we bought at the inn. I lecture her on the limits of love. Real love as a desire for the other person's good. Neurotic love as a desire for the other person. Love hath an end, I pontificate. Work, for the night is coming. (sighs) Greta finishes the wine. A few phrases in some anthology won't keep the worms away. A few scraps of paper can't save you, kid. What if you don't work out, she says. What if you don't get in the big book? She staggers a little as she gets up and calls her dog. He's mad with joy, running after the sandpipers at the edge of the surf. She pulls me up off the log and we trudge towards the stairs that lead up the cliff. The ache is in the bones now, not in the blood. Wine hurts my head, not my heart. She sighs. Life comes in clots. Your clots are just lots of words. Mine happen to be the last emotions of a lifetime. He's probably the last man, the only good thing I've had in years, of course. He's killing me. We put her dog, Regret, in the car and go back to the inn. In the morning, we sit by the sea. We take tea. So like the islands, I opine. So like England and Japan. So concise. So refined, those two, compact, compressed cultures with repressed peoples. No man is an island, but England is a state of mind. Japan, too, microcosms of their parent continents, chips off the old block but uh, more synthetic, tighter than mainland Europe or China. The people, quintessential, distilled. 
Christ, are you going to be like this all day? Greta yells. She wants to be alone, not talk. I have the day to myself. I sit on the beach for hours, watch these sea palms that grow on the rocks. Rooted to shore rock, they claw their way into the stones. The surf beats their marrow souls. They bounce back like India rubber after each thunderous wave. All cartilage and gristle grown from the depths of stone. Greta joins me after all. She watches the waves beat the kelp. Little phallus stems erected time after time, getting it up after each new wave, then finally churning to death on the rocks, dying in brine at the tide's edge, bleeding iodine. So, too, Greta and her lover, piercing the air with their sharp sea smells filling the seascape, and all the lovers before them back into time, back to primordial time when there was nothing breathing, no creature breathing in the deathy swamps, in the time when earth was daughter to sea. That was the time when earth rose from the depths of the night and stepped onto the sand, holding in her hand the sea palm, the phallic scepter. She, she knew the world as it was in the morning, in the beginning, and as it shall be once again after we have drowned. Greta says, if I'm going to go on like this, she's going to take regret and drive back to Berkeley. She says she came here to get away. What's the good of all my writing, she wants to know, if it doesn't stop my grousing? I don't write, I tell her. I engrave. Watching her drive down the coast with her dog's lugubrious face pressed against the back window of the retreating car. I consider that I have two solitary days for a final engraving. For this, I need heavy metal tools. I'll have to fast. The next morning, I'm not so much euphoric as just fay. I decide to swallow black Coffee and kiwi fruit. 
Still, by late afternoon, the absence of real food begins to have an effect. I find myself alone in the pygmy forest. It feels like the bottom of the sea. These whispering trees remember the waves. The surf echoes through the leaves. The air is so empty now after the weight of the sea. Gravity groans in the wind as boughs ache to hold themselves above the earth. Everything so heavy in the air. Land plants creak in the breeze. Forest ferns so frail, no guts. Lace-like brittle nettles crushed by a look, no resilience, no fluidity on land. I feel beached, like the sad dry things growing out of the earth. Thrust ashore. From the red gardens of the sea, the tide went out without us, left us to become stone and fossil, reaching toward a night light in the dark. Once, mother was a dolphin, lit with marfire, the phosphorescence of the sea. Once there was an amniotic pool of bliss. Now there is a road and an inn and a dog named Regret. Consciousness creaks like the arthritic limbs of these twisted trees. If only the knowing would stop. If only I could stop. Resting here, seeing all that's past and all that isn't. And the next thing, the next humiliation. And will I be alone? Humiliation is better taken alone. Growing old is not a thing to watch. Cannot be forgiven in others. Alone, it can be born. Even indulged, alone, I can remember that I have not always been myself. I can see myself as another and forgive her. I won't let her suffer any longer for what she did not do to them. Nor will I let them punish her for what she did not do, nor for what they did before she came, finally, in the silence of the ages so loud in this forest, it is possible for me not to hear what was not spoken. Sea moss covers the bloodstones here at my feet. Stones in piles like cairns at ancient crossroads, grounding in the echoing air. I hear voices from the realm of fairy. I eat 
foxfire from the dying wood, the luminescence of enchantment. Sitting in the corner of the fairy ring, ah, no use. No use. They will not sing for me, the mermaids. Once they came in drugs and in drink, but that was years ago and I could swim. A washout, now no sea in sight. I must walk now, one foot after the other. Ah. This is Thursday. It's closing time in the West. The gates slam shut. The money's made and the vaults are sealed. We go no further than this Pacific coast. This is where we jump off. This is land's end. I say it aloud here in the forest where there are sacred Indian hearths in burnt-out tree stumps. Charred, glossy, Bat black, bedded with pine needles and fern. Crawling into a dead fire, a hearth pit in an ancient home, I warm myself in the ashes. The faces of my ancestors rise before me through the smoke. I look up into the sky through the great cold waves until I see flowing above me the pearl-green kelp beds life's light filters down through the dark blue indigo sea. At last, I see the face in the glass-bottom boat and sink through Indian despair. Ah, I wander. I go out to the coastal highway and hitch a ride back to Berkeley, getting home after midnight. Next day, the world sinks to its old level, or I do. Greta comes over to say she's sorry she ran out on me, but she can't stand my sadness. I'm pleased she takes me seriously, and I show her my notebook. <laughs> oh, Christ, euphoria, she groans. You're all wet. Too much of water hast thou, kiddo. Ophelia floating on a sea of permanent waves. She thumbs through the notebook until she finds a scrap she likes. We sell it to the Berkeley Barb. You've been listening to the voice of Jennifer Stone, reading from her memoir, Telegraph Avenue, Then. You can listen to all the chapters in our archives online at kpfa.org. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money. Every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divine.
the shadows out of sight. The Craneway Craft Fair, KPFA's 48th annual gathering of creative people and their ardent supporters will take place December 22nd and 23rd at the Craneway Pavilion in Richmond, where parking is free and there's a free shuttle from the Richmond BART Station. Doors open at 10 a.m. each day and close at 5. Admission is $12 general, ages 18 to 65. $8 disabled and seniors, and youth are free. Volunteers are needed. If you can spare a few hours for a great cause, please visit the volunteer page on cranewaycraftfair.com or call 510-848-6767, extension 646. The 48th Annual Fair is KPFA's largest off-air fundraiser of the year. KPFA, KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. Be sure to catch Apex Express on KPFA. Apex Express is a weekly program following news and cultural events throughout Asia and the Pacific Islands. Find out about issues affecting Asian American and Pacific Islander communities locally and globally. Get on board the Apex Express Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. on KPFA. And again, you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley.